you brought your Bibles with you this morning, I want you to open with me. Sure, thank you. To the book of Acts. <clears throat> Acts chapter 16. I'm not going to take too much more of your time. <clears throat> Famous last words. But I so appreciate what the Lord has said to us over the last couple of weeks in church. How many believe we're hearing from him? Yes. Anybody? Yes. Raise a hand if you believe that. If you're watching online, say amen or amen. type something. I don't know. It's important that we realize that, that we recognize that. That we're not just hearing from a man, that we're not just hearing from a woman. We're hearing from Jesus. We're hearing from, from God. And that I know I've realized it. I know it, it makes us look crazy. I know it makes you sound crazy in the eyes of an unbelieving world. But also, who cares? You know what I mean? Uh, they're not the ones we're accountable to. And I heard one guy say, you know, all these people that say they hear from God, it scares me. And the other guy said, it's all these people who don't hear from God that scares me. Uh, and, and people look at you funny when you say, you know, God said this or I heard the Lord say that. But it is such a such a fundamental part of who we are in our fellowship with him. And it's so clear through his word, number one, that he does speak. And number two, he longs to, he wants to fellowship with us. Jesus himself said it, my sheep hear my voice. They know my voice. And that's who we are. We are his sheep. And I know over the last couple of weeks that we're hearing from him. And he's talked to us specifically about what is going to be the catalyst for the growth of this church. We want to grow and we will grow. But what I'm determined as a leader of this is to grow God's way. And it would be really easy to succumb to pressure to think that, man, we got to have more people. We got to have more people. And, And yes, you could think that before you even really get open good. Believe me, it's possible. And the pressure would be, you know, to grow like this or to grow with this method or to grow with these different means and ways. But what we have to do is come into agreement on what the word says, because this is going to tell us how we grow. We want to grow God's way. And that's not just true for this church. You want to grow God's way. You want to grow everything in your life God's way. You got to start with the foundation that he is a God of increase. In other words, his will for me, my family, whatever I set my hand to do is increase. It's never backwards. It's always increase. And you have to start there. But then the next step is, okay, how? What is God's way of increase? Because you can add a bunch of stuff to yourself that God had nothing to do with. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs that it's the blessing of the Lord that makes rich. Really? The Bible said the word rich? Yes, the Bible said the word rich. Deal with it. It's the blessing of the Lord that makes rich. But here's the more important part. He adds no sorrow to it. See, there's a bunch of ways in this world to get rich. There's a bunch of ways to increase. There's a bunch of ways to add stuff to you. But every other way besides God's has sorrow that comes with it. It's got sorrow that's added to it. And that's why we have to be so careful over whose story we allow to inspire us. And we get so enthralled and enamored with people who they've got this amazing story, come from nothing. Now they got a bunch and we think, well, I'll just do what they did and I'll have the same story. Be careful. Be careful because you do not know what sorrow got added to it along the way. 
the only way to increase. I don't care if you're talking about uh, relationally, financially, in a church, in your business. The only way to increase without sorrow. And that word is also translated painful toil. The only way to increase without that is find out God's way to increase via the blessing of the Lord. So a couple of weeks ago, we started in the book of Acts, just looking at the early days of this church and how rapidly they were growing. I mean, we're talking about explosive growth. We're talking about day one after they were filled with God's Holy Spirit. They came out of that upper room in Acts chapter two and Peter preached and we won't preach the whole thing. But the bottom line was, I believe 3000 people got added to the church in a day. That's miracle growth. That's that's God adding to you. And then just a couple of chapters, well, the next chapter, there was a man that was lame from birth, from his mother's womb, and he was healed. And that miracle added two more thousand people to the church. So growing God's way, you see, number one, is being a church that is filled and full of the Holy Spirit. And that's our life. Not a dead church, not a dry church, not a religion, but full of life. And the only way to be full of that kind of life is to be full of of the Holy Spirit. Yes. And we'll talk more about that in the days to come. But you see, added to that is the, the, the outworking of it, the, the overflow of that, signs and wonders yes. and miracles, that will grow a church. As a matter of fact, it took one, one miracle, and two more thousand people were added to the church. That tells you that people are hungry. Yeah. They're not starving for what they already have. They're not starving for what they can already see, what they can already feel. People are hungry and they may not know how to put words around it, but what they're hungry for is the move of God and the demonstration of God and signs and wonders and miracles. And people are hungry for what they can't otherwise explain. They're hungry for it and it'll grow a church that's growing God's way. In chapter four, we saw that the guys who, who ministered that miracle and they began to preach, they got arrested and the, the religious leaders tried to shut them up. And you see in chapter four, you don't have to turn there, I'll read it to you, but the, the religious leaders got together and said, but, but so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no other man or speak to no man in this name, trying to stop the spread. Satan's always tried to stop the spread. He's been trying to stop the spread of the gospel from the day that the spirit of God came on the scene, but he couldn't stop it then. And there are people that think they're trying to stop the spread of a virus, but I'm telling you, Satan's still trying to do the same thing today that he was that day. Stop the spread of the gospel, but we're not going to stop the spread. And the church got added to because of the boldness that they preached with. And in Acts chapter 16, let me add to this just for a minute or two today. You see another catalyst to miraculous growth in this early church. In Acts chapter 16, um, Paul and Silas were preaching, um, going around and ministering in the different churches. And I want to just pull one verse out here in verse 5. It says, so the churches were strengthened in the faith and increased in number daily. Look at it again. The churches were strengthened in the faith. I want you to say that phrase with me. Say it. Strengthened in the faith 
And what happened in connection to and as a result of that, they increased in number daily, day after day, one translation says. So they were strengthened in the faith and the result was increase numerically people being added to the church. This is more a continuation of that explosive growth that they've been experiencing since day one. So just as important it is that you and I in in these services, in this church, and in your own home, because remember, whatever's going on in God's house is supposed to be going on where? Your house, my house. If this house is a house full of the Spirit of God, what should your house be? A house full of the Holy Spirit. If this house is a house full of signs and wonders and miracles, what should your house be? A house full of signs and wonders and miracles. But in addition to all of that, and as important as all that was, just as important was that these churches were being strengthened in the faith. That's a big part of the assignment on this church. And really, if you're honest about it, it's a part of the assignment on the global church, the body of Christ. Now, I can't say that I believe it's happening everywhere, but I can tell you this. It will happen here that people will come into this place. And because of the word that they hear and the atmosphere of faith and love that they breathe, their faith will be strengthened. In this scripture, I like the way it's phrased. Look at it specifically. The churches were strengthened not just in faith, but strengthened in the faith, strengthened in the faith. Now, when the Bible talks about the faith, it's referring specifically to the belief as the result of hearing the message preached. This is who Jesus is. This is what he said. This is what he did. He died and he rose again. And people believed that was the faith. And believers, as they were called, are people who just simply believed that. They believed that Jesus was the Son of God. Believe He lived, believe He died, believe He rose again. They believed that. And that was called the faith. But as we talked about last week, I don't know if you remember this or not, but we saw it so plainly in Scripture. There's more. As good as that is, there's more. Or I'll say it to you like this, like this, this week in light of what we're talking about it. Not only there's more, but you can be stronger in that than you were before. We're supposed to be getting stronger in the faith. What faith? The faith, the belief that Jesus is who the Bible says he is. That God the Father is who the Bible says God the Father is. That's the faith. We believe this. But we've got to realize that coming into that faith is just the first step. We don't stop there. What do we do? We get stronger in it. We get stronger in that faith and stronger in that faith and stronger in that faith. The Bible talked to us about a man named Abraham. In the book of Romans, we see that he was, the Bible says, not weak in faith, considering his own body now dead, but he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. So you can see right there, it's possible to be either strong in faith or weak in faith. What's better? Stronger is better. Stronger is always better. Like we said, God is a God of increase. That's just another way of saying getting stronger. And stronger is always better. Is it better to be stronger or weaker uh, physically? Stronger. 
right? Is it better to be stronger or weaker in your immune system? Which is better? Stronger. Stronger. Is it better to be stronger mentally or weaker mentally? Stronger. What about financially? Stronger. Stronger. See, don't overthink it, right? Stronger is better. With the exception of certain smells, stronger (laughs) is always better. Come on, help me out, coffee drinkers. Stronger or weaker? Stronger. Stronger. Thank you. All right. Stronger is better. And in our faith, stronger is better. And what you see here in Acts 16 is that our increasing in faith, the strength of our faith, it has a direct effect on the increase of the population of this place. Go to the book of Romans, just over a few pages to chapter 1. Somebody say, strong in faith faith. and getting stronger. stronger. In Romans chapter 1, verse 16, you've heard these verses before. Paul writings said here, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For, or in other words, here's why I'm not ashamed of it. For it is the power of God to salvation or resulting in salvation for everyone who believes for the Jew first and also for the Greek. I'm not ashamed of this because this is the source of the faith. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I won't, I won't run. I won't hide. Regardless of the persecution or the pressure that arises because of it, I'm not ashamed of it. Why, Paul? Because of what it results in. Because it is the power that results in salvation. Or in other words, it's the power that results in somebody coming to the faith. I'm not ashamed of that. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. But look at verse 17. For in it. So verse 16, he talked about what it is. I'm not ashamed for it is. Verse 17, he says, for in it. For in it. The righteousness of God is revealed, how? From faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. You got to put these two verses together to really get an understanding of what he's saying here. He's saying, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for two reasons. Number one, because of what it is. And number two, because of what's in it. Are you with me? I'm not ashamed of it. I won't hide it. Because of number one, what it is, it's power. It's power that produces salvation for anybody who believes. But that's not all. He's also not ashamed of it, not just because of what it is, but because of what's in it. And he said what's in it is the righteousness of God being revealed. How? From faith to faith. From faith to faith. Listen to it from the Amplified Bible. The classic edition says... For in the gospel, a righteousness which God ascribes is revealed or it's uncovered. You can see it both springing from faith and leading to faith. Do you catch that? Listen to that. It's both springing from faith and it's leading to faith disclosed through the way of faith that arouses to more faith. As it is written, the man who through faith is just and upright shall live and shall live by faith. 
How did you become a believer? How did this miracle of salvation, the greatest miracle that's ever taken place, that continues to take place or ever will take place, how did that happen in you? Well, you believed. You heard the word. Somebody said, this is who Jesus is. And faith came with that hearing. And you said, I believe that. I believe it. I believe it without physical evidence, visible evidence. Faith stirs in my heart and I believe that. That's why it was called the faith was because it required faith. It wasn't built on anything seen or felt or any of the five physical senses. It was built on one thing, faith. That's why it's called the faith. And he said this righteousness that the gospel uncovers or what's in it is revealed both springing from faith and leading to faith. What's that mean? Let me put it to you simply. The faith that you were born again by is the same faith that you live every day by. It wasn't supposed to just stop. This was not a one and done experience. I believed. Now what? Nothing. I believe that Jesus is who Jesus is. I believed he lived. I believe he died. I believe he rose again. Now what? Get stronger in it. That same faith that it required to, to, to be born again, to have this new life in Christ, now live every day by that same faith. That's why I said it's both springing from faith and leading to faith, disclosed through the way of faith that arouses more faith. In other words, living by faith, you know what that's make you want to do? Live more by faith. Yes. When Paul wrote to Timothy and he said, fight the good fight of, who remembers? Faith. faith. Fight the good fight of faith. What he really said to him, In in those words, if you look it up, he said, fight and be good at it. In other words, there's like a technique to this. There there are people who fight and don't have a clue what they're doing. And there are other people who are professionals at it. Whenever I get over into this, I I have to tell myself a little bit. Growing up, you know, I'm 40 now. And in the last 40 years of my existence, I have never been in a physical altercation. I've never been in a fight with anybody. I've been hit a couple of times, but I, I, I don't think it counts as a fight if you didn't <laughs> swing back. Uh, that's not to say I haven't practiced, though. <laughs> Fellas, help me out. Anybody, do I have any, any dudes in here that ever stood in front of a mirror and looked at that guy in the mirror and said, you talking to me? <laughs> I don't like your tone, right? I have done it. You've done it. We've done it. Thank you, Chris. I see that hand. I appreciate the honesty. But I have. I stood there in front of the mirror and I've, I've practiced, you know, you know, you, 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 you swing. But the big problem with this right here is you never actually make contact. Right. It's all just practice. And I, I never you can tell by looking, you know, I, I didn't get naturally big. I came from a long line of skinny dudes, I guess. And, and I had family that always told me things like you've got a great build for golf. Which is, I think, their sweet way of saying, please do not play football. I'm begging you. They will break you. And so, um, you know, I never, I, I, I wasn't a 
a big dude and I just wasn't looking for a fight. But in my mind, I would kind of think, what if I got in a fight? What would I do? And I just, I think, honestly, the best I could ever come up with was just like flailing and just hope that something lands or somebody would just feel sorry enough that they'd walk away or whatever. But the problem with that is there's no technique to it, right? There's no technique. That's not fighting the good fight. That's fighting a embarrassing fight. That's fighting a pathetic fight. But it is not a good fight. That's not fighting and being good at it. We're called to fight the good fight of faith. In other words, we're called to fight and to be good at it. Well, how do you get good at it? You don't get good at it because one day, 25 years ago, you walked the aisle to the altar of a church and said, I believe in Jesus, and then didn't do anything else with it from then forward. That's not how you get good at it. That same faith that stirred in your heart to bring you to that point of salvation is the same thing that's supposed to be stirring in you every day to live by that faith and walk by that faith and talk by that faith and fight by that faith. This is how we become stronger in faith. Look at it again. In, for in it, in what? In the gospel. In the gospel. My buddy who pastors a church in another state, he may watch this sometime. He'll know who I'm talking about. He texted me the other day and he said, man, help me out. Somebody said something online and I just want to write back. And I don't know if it was the mood I was in because I was like, do it. I, I've just had one of those days. Do it. And it wasn't me doing it, but it was him. And he let me write through him. But he, some guy just random, not somebody he knew, but just somebody just randomly posted that the quote unquote prosperity gospel is a is demonic. And I think that's the word he used. He's like, man, I want to write back. I think he was writing me thinking I was going to say, no, don't do it. Don't get into it. But I just was one of those days. I said, you know what? Say something. And uh, so, you know, it was polite. They, they, they talked back and forth and, and he approached it in a good way. But, you know, the thing with arguing with people online that I hate and I don't do is it's like, let's have this conversation in front of everybody. Right. And so what it inevitably invites is other people into the argument. And, and it's silly. It really is. You got to be watchful over it. It's like falling into an offense trap and then just wanting everybody to get in the trap with you. But one guy wrote back or chimed in through the course of the conversation because they were arguing over or the discussion was over the prosperity gospel. He was using the word gospel. And so my, my buddy just said, well, what is, what is that? I'm glad you posted that. What is that? Explain that to me. And people really kind of show what they don't know. You know, you can tell they've heard other people say things and there's no firsthand experience with any of it. So they, they kind of rattle off something, try to define it. But you and I know it as something else entirely. And that's usually proof that it's a waste of your time. Uh, but, but they talk back and forth a little bit. But one guy chimed in and said, the gospel is salvation. Yeah. He said, that's what it is. The gospel is salvation. And that's true. It's absolutely true. But if you were here last week or you watched service online, what do you know? There's more. There's more. There's more. 
And even just looking at it in these verses right here, he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God to salvation. But in that same gospel, somebody say same gospel. What else is it? It's righteousness revealed from faith to faith. I mean, you're going from one level to another. You're increasing. You're getting stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. Now, yes, it all started back with this revelation. This is who Jesus is. But if you never, if you don't keep pressing into it, if you don't let faith arouse on the inside of you, then it'll stay right there and you'll never connect the dots that not only did he save me, but in his saving of me, he healed me. And in his saving of me, he delivered me. In his saving of me, he prospered me. It's all in his saving of me. But the only way you ever find out is if you keep getting stronger in your faith. There's no way to believe God for your healing until you first know that Jesus is your healer. It's got to start here. But it starts here so that it might go there. Getting stronger and stronger in faith. Luke chapter 17, and we'll begin to wrap this up. Somebody say, strong in faith and getting stronger. In Luke 17, verse 5, it says, The apostles said to the Lord Jesus, I like this, Increase our faith. Increase our faith, they said. And it seems like a really good prayer. We're talking about increase. We're talking about getting stronger in it. But if you do some study into what they said and the words that were used, you start to get an idea that what they were saying was, there's something we don't have and we want it. Give us what we don't have. Increase our faith, add to it, or give us something we don't have. And Jesus said to him in verse six, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea And it would obey you if you had faith, he said. See, they've got it in their thinking. There's something we need that we don't have. And whatever we do have, we don't have enough of. And they want more. Increase. Increase our faith. And like I said, we know God's a God of increase. But I think what Jesus did in his response here probably surprised them. In that he didn't increase their faith by laying a hand on them. He didn't increase their faith by saying a few words over them or doing something magical or mystical. They said, increase our faith. And he said, if you had any, here's what you would do. And if you had some that was this small, the size of a mustard seed, you would say to this mulberry tree, in other places, Mark 11, of course, we know, famous passage of Scripture, speak to the mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, you'll have whatever you say. But I believe what Jesus was saying here is, here's the, here's the key to the increase, guys. Use what you've got. This is how you increase in it. Don't treat what you've got like it's insignificant or nothing, use it. And this is so simple today, and I hope it's not too simple. 
This is what the Lord said to me. This is how we increase our faith. You ready for this? Use the faith you have in the place you are. Use the faith you have in the place you are. And I know faith comes by hearing, and we certainly want to do that. Don't turn off the hearing of the word. I mean, when these doors come open, and those of you have been watching online, it's, and it's open to you, get in this place. Hear the word that the Lord would speak to you, because when you hear the word, faith comes. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. But that doesn't necessarily mean you've gotten stronger in it. Because you and I both know you can hear it and hear it and hear it and hear it and hear it. And faith can be present, but until you've acted on it, until you've stepped out on it and demonstrated that faith, faith without works is what? It's dead. It's lifeless. I mean, dead is the ultimate form of weakness. (laughs) You don't get any weaker than dead. So you can hear all the word, but until you put it into practice, Lord, increase our faith. You know what he's saying? Use what I gave you. What are you going to do with more of it until you start using what I gave you? How do you increase faith? How do we get stronger in faith? And I want to. Anybody want to? What's the result going to be? Increase. That's how this church is going to grow. I guarantee you, when people come in here, you've heard me say it before, but they come dragging in. They've been beat down and beat up. And they're looking down the barrel of an impossible situation. They've been told it can't be done. It can't be done. It can't be done. But they step into an atmosphere of faith and they hear the word of God preached with anointing and with power. They're going to walk out going, wait a second. I am more than a conqueror through him who loves me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And their perspective on whatever it is they're facing completely changes. What just happened? They got stronger. Faith got stronger. And if that happens for people, they'll come back. They're going to come back and keep coming back and keep coming back because we are drawn to life. Whatever is a source and a, a channel of life to us, we're drawn to it. So we're going to increase this way. But how? How do we, how do we get stronger in faith? It's so simple. Use the faith you have in the place you are. Wherever you are, whatever you're looking at, whatever you're facing, That's use it. the faith you have. That's it. And when Paul wrote to Timothy and said, fight the good, of, good fight of faith, one translation literally says, be constantly engaged in the contest of faith, which contest is marked by the beauty of its technique. That's it. Be constantly engaged in it. In other words, this faith thing is not something you put on on your way here and you take off when you get home. It's every single day. It's faith arousing to more faith. It's the way of faith that reveals righteousness and the same faith that you're born again by is the same faith that you live by. The just, who are the just? The justified. I heard an us, I heard a we. How'd you get that way? Justified. What's that mean? Not condemned. God's not impugning sin to you. He's not holding it over your head. He's not condemning you to death, though he could have, though he would have had every right to because of sin. He instead, because of Jesus, what did he do? 
justified you. So when I say who's just, everybody ought to say, that's me. That's us. But how did you get that way? You didn't get that way because you earned it. You didn't get that way because you deserved it. How did you get that way? You believed. You put faith in Jesus. You put faith in his work on the cross. You put faith in his resurrection. And you said, I believe that. That's faith. And you're a part of the faith. So now how do you increase in it? The just shall live. The ones who were made just by their faith shall live by the same faith that made them just. Same faith. The only difference is it just gets stronger and it gets stronger and it gets stronger as you use it. That's the way it gets stronger. Use the faith you have in the place you are. And you've heard us tell the story, but for years now, years, Sarah and I in Fort Worth were hungry, man. We were, we knew something was stirring. We knew something was coming and we had talked about Colorado. We'd talked about this move years before it when she was pregnant with Jesse. Jesse's seven now. And, and we, we were up here in the state of Colorado. We're looking, where's it at, Lord? Where's it at? And you know, it was a number of years, 10 years from the time we first started thinking and praying this way between that time and now being here. Why? Why would it take that long? Because faith's got to grow. Faith's got to grow. And it takes time, and sometimes it takes that kind of time just to get faith in you, Just just to hear the word and to step out in the faith that you've got, to use the faith you have in the place you are. We didn't, I, I, I guess at the time we didn't, I don't know if this is the right way to say it, but have the faith to to move our family here or didn't see it or whatever. But you know what? We had the faith to take a step. And we were on staff with my parents and my grandparents, very quote unquote secure job. Very easy, could have stayed there a long time. But that same faith that arose when we made Jesus the Lord of our lives woke up again on the inside. It's the same stuff that said, okay, take a step, take a step out here, not on your own, but just away from your dependency on anybody but me, the Lord said. Okay, so we took that step. What's happening? We're using the faith we have in the place we were in. And every time we do, it's growing, it's growing. And for a number of years, we just worked out of our own home. And we, we looked for a long time, Father, we need a we need an office. We need a place. You're telling us to do these different things, and we want to do it, but we got to have a place. And so we would look, and this, I won't tell the whole story, but found a building for sale and, and took, took another step of faith, bought that place. Well, it needed to be built out, so we spent another several hundred thousand dollars building that out. All of this was just right there where we were, right there where we were, using the faith that we had in the place that we were in. And the Lord says, start a television ministry. Lord, we don't know anything about it. We've never done it. We've got a handful of people that work for us and they know even less than we know about it. He says, start it, do it. Well, how do you do that? Same faith. It's not any different. It's just maybe a little more developed. It's a little stronger now than it was the day you got born again, but it's the same stuff. And we did that year after year after year after year until finally... It came time for this. 
But you know the magnitude, like we talked earlier today, the, the scope of this project and the investment that it is? We, th- th- this faith wasn't in us 10 years ago. The seed of it was. But what had to happen was it had to get stronger. And it had to get stronger and get stronger and get stronger. Well, how did it get stronger? We just used it. Used it here. Use it there. Use a little bit here. Use it, use it, use it. And every time you do, it's like building a muscle. Every time you put pressure on that muscle, it gets stronger and it gets stronger and it gets stronger. And you can tell we think not quite accurately about this, even when it comes to building a physical body. I want more muscles. No, you don't. You just want the ones you have to be bigger than they are. But it's not a new muscle. It's not a diff. It's not something you didn't have before. It's just an increase of what you've already got. How does it, how's that happen? Use it. Use it. It doesn't grow just by you sitting there wishing. Ask me how I know. It's got to have some pressure put on it. Yeah. Put it into practice. Yeah. That's good. There was a year, several years ago, that we thought we were right on the cusp of starting a church. What year would that have been? Kids were little. It was right before we started church. I mean, we started the TV. Um, so probably around 2015 or so. And we went and met with our pastors and said, are we hearing from the Lord? Does this sound right? And they didn't really answer the question directly, except to say, you just want to make sure it's the right time. You just want to make sure it's the right time. And we got it from that conversation knowing this is not the right time. But the other thing I knew was that the Lord wanted us to be in those church services as much as we could. Now, Sarah and I were traveling full time at that time. Um, but when I met her all those years ago, she was a part of, many of you know, Keith and Phyllis Moore's church. Those are our pastors, Faith Life Church in Branson, Missouri. Well, we, worked, we lived in Texas. But I got up from that meeting knowing we're supposed to be in church every chance we get. Well, it was an eight-hour drive from Fort Worth to Branson. And, and we made the commitment every Sunday that we weren't out preaching somewhere. We drove to church for a year. And it worked out to be something like two, sometimes three, I would say twice a month. Sometimes less, but, but in, uh, on average, twice a month. Twice a month, we were driving eight hours one way to go to church. Eight hours home. Yeah. Justice was little. Jessie was in a car seat. She hated the car seat. And there were times where she would cry for eight hours. And we were like, Lord, what are we doing? This is hard. It was hard on us physically. Uh, I mean, just to pack up. We were already traveling so much. And in the time, at the moment, I didn't totally know what was going on. Why are we doing this? But all I can tell you is at the end of that year, it came to me like a light coming on in a room. I thought, we've got more faith in us right now than we have ever had in our lives. We just heard word and it fed us, and, and we saw in that church, this is one of the reasons we, we love and appreciate that church so much, is they will step off into these projects and believe God for tens of millions of dollars for things. And if it takes two years, three years, four years to do it, so be it. Time's going by anyway. Might as well be trusting God. 
And we saw in that year that we were there, we saw one project, it seemed like after another, get marked off and done and accomplished. And I remember it coming to the end of that and feeling like a release from driving back and forth. And it was so built up on the inside of us. This is what God can do. Look at what God can do. And I'm so thankful for that year because stepping off into this kind of project, faith got put in us. It got put in us and we've seen it over and over. No, we've seen the Lord do this and multiple times this much. And I I firmly believe that's one of the reasons you and I are seeing this happen so quickly. So quickly. This would not have happened this way 10 years ago. Why not? Because the faith was still small. But because the Lord gave us opportunity to use it here and to use it here and to use it here and to step and then another step and another step, the just shall live by faith. We walk by faith and not by... Every time you take a step of faith, the faith you had just got stronger. Every time. And I see this as a huge key to the increase in the growth of this church. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Stand on your feet with us. Sarah, do you have something to add to that? Thank you, Lord. Guys, come on up. Thank you, Father. Somebody say, strong faith and getting stronger. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you need someone to pray with you, there are several ways for you to contact us. Feel free to give us a call at 817-577-0180. You can also contact us through the Legacy Studios app or either of our websites. Giving options are available online at pearsonsministries.com and legacychurch.family. If you prefer, you can also text an offering. Simply text LEGACY in any dollar amount to the number 28950 and follow the prompts. Be blessed today. We love you. And remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.